Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining me here for another episode of Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning and the activities of my limbs. I also want to say happy fifth birthday to Ryder. I remember getting a text message that he was born, which wasn't expected, but he's here. And today he is five years old. So we try to party like a rock star today when he get out of school. So I'm hoping he enjoyed his day, as well as I want to say happy belated birthday to Buddy, as my grandson celebrated his birthday yesterday, too. So they're getting old, but I'm not, I'm not getting old. So today we're going to be talking about wrongdoing. Now, many of you know that on Tuesday is when I do the segment from the pulpit to the couch, where individuals will receive biblical teachings from someone, perhaps a ministry, as well as myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now, when we started thinking about wrongdoing, you know, the question kind of came up, do people really know right and wrong? And what determines if something or somebody just know you're wrong? You know you was wrong. My, my daughter used to always say, Mom, you know you're wrong for doing that, right? I always say that I try to do the right thing no matter what. But can there be instances where you may think you're doing something right, forget what you did was not the right thing to do? And we're seeing that a lot, especially when we look at politics or we watch the news, even in the city of Compton. Now, I need to with some people out there because I'm understanding that there is a lot of stuff going on in the city of Compton where a lot of individuals are losing their lives, and that is so wrong. And not only is it wrong, it's immoral. And why would you want to gun down these youngsters? I mean, it's like there's no value on human life. We really need to do something about that. And for those individuals that is turning a blind eye on things, will be held accountable for their actions. So I want to talk about that. I was telling someone earlier, I do my best to give people a platform so they can share their thoughts, their beliefs, what their experiences. So people can't say that, you know, nobody's listening, don't nobody care, because there are people that are listening and there are people that care. And I always, you know, I heard Dr. Phil say it too, when we know better, we do better. And we really need to do better on some of the things that we have going on right now. Now, if you want to call in the show, as you want to join in on this conversation, give me a call at 516-387-914. And I'm glad my daughter's not here because she'll be like, Mom, people can see you looking down. And that's only because I was kind of late with posting this stuff on Facebook. So I'm trying to pop in some of the groups in regards to the fact that the show is on in the video. So again, if you want to call in, if you have something to say that you want to share as it relates to wrongdoing, I do hear what you have to say. But again, we do have to be respectful of other people's opinions and the things that they say. So do not please hear and purposely try to disrespect someone because that's, that's wrong. That is so wrong. Now, I want to get started with the show, and like I said, I'm still posting, looking down, and looking all over the place. When we talk about wrongdoing, some information, and it goes into 1 John 5:17, and it states that all wrongdoing is sin, and that's why when with today's show, this topic was so heavy on me because when we talk about wrongdoing and it being a sin. You know, we know that nobody's perfect. We know that we all have sinned and fallen short. We get that. And that's why I want people that are Bible scholars to call in and share as it relates to this topic. But when we get to the point we talk about it's, it's sin, but there are sins that does not have death. So then that made me wonder, is it that in really believe that they can get away with some of the things that they're doing or they're not going to be held accountable for how they're treating God's people. And that is where we have to draw the line. It's like, come on now. You know, I've heard 
people say that people don't do this for so-and-so, they don't care about us, and they don't, and black I've heard a lot of that being said. But then I question the thought process because are you really trying to do this one particular group of people, or are you trying to do something for everybody? And not only that, when we start talking about doing things, are we giving individuals, are we enabling people? Because I know for a fact everybody wants your help. And I've learned that even being a therapist. I woke up the other morning, I think I shared, I think it was yesterday, I shared, well, I don't know if it's ready or not, and one of the things is it gave me that vision, opportunity, don't give me a handout. And that is powerful because if we have more opportunities, hopefully individuals will make wise, better decisions. But by that same token, sometimes people or individuals have limited access to things, and some people just know better. Do that make them wrong, or is it right? Now, I found something that talks about, and even in the Bible, we're going to be talking about what the Bible has to say or what is in the book in regards to wrongdoing. And in Romans 13, 4, it states, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword of For he is the servant of God, an adventurer who carries out God's wrath on doers. So therefore, now we're talking about people, individuals that are out there and they're doing things that they know they should not be doing. Also, in Leviticus 5.1 states, you are called to testify about something that you have or that you know about. It is sinful to refuse to testify and you will be punished for your sins. I found that verse very powerful because a lot of times individuals say people are snitching. I don't want to get into nobody else's business. You know, me and my girlfriend got the saying, they say snitches get stitches. We say snitches get stitches and wind up in ditches. But by the same token, we have to end the silence on some things because standing by and watching individuals be hurt, that's not. The, I think it was last week I was talking about things that was going on in Sacramento where some of the seniors were being attacked and abused and beat up. And it's like, how can they buy and watch that? What is that snitching or is that helping? You know, what, let's talk about that. So, again, I want to hear from you. So, give me a call at 516. 516- Three eight seven one nine one four. Now I don't want to call your name out because somebody did tell me they're going to join me today, and I have not seen their number pop up yet. So I think I might have to get them a text message and ask them where because I like when I can engage in conversations with other people, and versus me just sitting here talking to myself about topics. Because, like I said, individuals go on Facebook, they post all of these things, they say things, got stage, let's talk about it. I want to really know what you have to say as it relates to wrongdoing. And I'm still posting some of this stuff. I keep going to do better. And sad part about it, too, is, like I said, I still haven't even taken my stuff out of the box for my new computer. So let me let me do this. One. At least I can post it in the Jeanette Abney's um, Precious Predicaments blog talk radio one. And then there's one more I want to do. And then maybe this person will see that I am online because I think they forgot. Okay. So when we talk about wrongdoing, I want to know, is it or do individuals believe that it has a lot to do with their upbringing? What did your parents teach you about what was the right thing to do or things you shouldn't do? Because I know growing 
my confidence. I was one of those kids. I always got in trouble. I was always trying to do things my way. I didn't like rules. I didn't like people telling me what to do. I know I sound like my grandkids, but um, that was just Jeanette's way. It was going to be Jeanette's way or Jeanette don't want to play. And I knew that. But at that time, I didn't view it as being wrong. I just, that was just what it was. Now, I wrote this on Facebook, and I want to read it. It says, do you believe that individuals really know right from wrong? Could it be that one may do the wrong thing for what they feel is the right reason? So I guess that's where I'm coming from. Many often make decisions that they know is wrong, yet still do it. The Bible has many scriptures that relate to wrongdoing. And I talked about the one that I find interesting, which was the James 4.17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him is sin. So I want to talk about it. Because we must stop turning a blind eye to wrongdoing. And I indicated Please share your comments again, but be respectful. So I'm going on to Facebook because I'm trying to see where some of the individuals are that said that they were going to come on and talk about this topic. And see, that's why I don't put my faith in man. I really don't because men will deceive you. They don't always come through. So let me ask them, where are you? And... Hopefully, he will call in, and if he don't, that's okay, too. I'll be all right. I'm used to it, so it ain't going to hurt my feelings. So when we start talking about the wrongdoing and knowing right from wrong, I want to share some information, especially from a therapist's perspective, because like I said, I can only speak on what I know. What I don't know, I'm not going to be trying to force it down nobody's throat or anything like that, Now, nor am I being overly opinionated right from wrong. And um, partly because it makes me wonder. I watch and I listen to my daughter when she's trying and working with, <laughs> I'm out on my way home. <sighs> really? <laughs> I would say you can still call in. Oh, God. See, that's why. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. Okay. Again, the number is to call in. If you want to join in on a conversation, 516-387-1914. Again, like I said, that's why. When people start talking about, well, you don't do this with so-and-so and you don't do this is part of the reason why, because some people are just like you. Now, when we start talking about right from wrong and what part of us knows right from wrong, because that's where it started, like I said, even from a therapeutic perspective. Now, I'm looking at some information, and it talks about science news for students, and they indicate what part of us knows right from wrong, and scientists are learning how and why our brains develop a conscience. Because as we watch what's going on in politics, when we, when I'm talking about what I'm hearing is going on in Compton with all of these murders and things of that nature, it makes me wonder, do the individuals have a conscience? Do they care? Do they realize that there's going to be a consequence for their behavior? Now, a person by the name of Alison Pierce Stephen, she wrote an article, and she talks about the movie Pinocchio. Because Pinocchio, whenever he lies, snows will grow. But now we're watching people do wrong things and hurt other people, and they walk around like, oh, ain't nothing going to happen. You can't touch me and all this stuff. But the problem is we start talking about the conscience. It's something described as that voice inside of your head. It's not literally a voice when a person's conscience is telling them do or not do. Something they experience through emotions. But when we start talking about these emotions can be positive, it can be empathy, gratitude, fairness, compassion, and pride are all examples of emotions that encourage us to do for other people. And oftentimes, we need not do something. The emotions that stop us include guilt, shame, 
embarrassment, fear of being judged poorly by others. Now, those are some things that I don't know if, if parents today are still teaching kids that because, you know, we had, I know, brought up a lot of name calling, a lot of shaming, a lot of blaming. It doesn't mean that individuals or kids carried that or, or how they perceive that. It made me angry. It made me rebel more. So we need to be mindful of when we're trying to teach these different types of emotions. Because today we're seeing it in teachers and we're seeing it in grown individuals. And then you wonder now, you what you did that, are you embarrassed? I remember my mother used to tell me, Jeanette, what you do, people don't see you. They see me as your mother. And I didn't realize that until I became an adult and I had children. I started even with my son, but I kind of draw the line between that. I'd be like, look, that's all on him. That ain't me. Now, scientists are still trying to understand where the conscious come from and why do people have a conscious? How does or how does um, these things develop? Do we develop as we grow up? And where in the brain do the feelings that make up our conscious arise? And understanding it can help us understand what it means to be human. And a lot of times people say, well, I'm human, or, yeah, I made a mistake, and I didn't mean to, and it, or it wasn't my fault, or somebody else made me do it. So when we start talking about these things and trying to figure out where some of the stuff is coming from, a lot of times individuals struggle with, struggle with that, and a lot of times many of this stuff is rooted in childhood. Now, we know that a lot of times kids would do things would try to discipline them or redirect their behavior, and that was trying to teach them to do the right thing, don't do wrong, redirect an individual's behavior. But then my question then becomes, how do you redirect an adult? How do you let that adult know, even as a friend, because I know some people, you know, Dr. Lisa Romaine, when I get missing, she'd be like, Jeanette, you know you're a hot or you know you're wrong for that, or especially Tisha. So sometimes we need people to hold us accountable and not going to where we bully them or, you know, try to intimidate them. You know, I was watching the news and I'm looking at how some of these entities, even in politics, are being censored for those that have basically said, this is not right, this person needs to be held accountable, and now you're censoring people? Really? Um, when we start silencing individuals, does that mean that we support it? Do that really mean that we really believe what they did is okay? So I'm looking at some information, and when is it called, or what is it called when you know right from wrong? And they said it's our inner sense of what is right and what is wrong in one's conduct or motive. That is huge. When we start talking about motives, what is your motive? Why did you do what you did? You know, my mother would always ask me, you know, why you do that? What made you think you would go get away with that? Or she would question me to get me to start thinking for myself. One of the things that we start talking about, the conduct, the motive, and impelling one's actions to follow, uh, it talks about the complex of ethical and moral principles that controls or inhibits the actions and thoughts of an individual. And sometimes I still wonder, do people really realize and do they even care? Do they, you know, we know that hurt people hurt people. We get that. But when we start talking about morality directed to behave in certain ways and avoid having the other ways, evaluate behaviors as right or wrong. And it may involve also measuring the conformality of a person's actions to a code of conduct set of principles. Some individuals use the term ethics for the systemic study of morality. All I can do is just take a deep breath because right now our country's in trouble. Our cities are in trouble. Our states are in trouble. Our homes, our families, um, we are being challenged in a lot of different ways in regards to different things. Now, when we start talking about what is right and what is wrong, I want to know what the philosophy in regards to that. Because when we start talking about philosophy, 
philosophies. Moral philosophy is the branch of philosophy that contemplates what is right or wrong. It is the nature of morality and examines how individuals should live their lives in relation to others. That is huge. We talked about our constitutional rights. We have the freedom to do this. We can do this. We can do that. But again, would it be wrong for me to know that I have and know that a person needs and me not give? Is it wrong of me to want to manipulate or where do we draw the line when it comes to these things? And I'm looking at another question. Who decides you, when a person is right or wrong or when they're doing right or wrong? It is the idea that we know the ethical value of right and wrong by listening to our conscience. That still voice inside of us tell us whether something is right or wrong. And the one, one thing that I know for sure is even when we have and hear that still voice, some people still do it. Just still do it. Now, I'm looking at some information, and it talks about the seven principles of ethics, even when they're trying to figure this out. And I like how they talk about these things because these are some of the things that they don't teach us in school. You get in trouble, they send you to the principal's office. Sometimes they'll tell you why you got to go to the principal's office because they always look at things in regards to a punishment. But then I'm looking at what is a right or wrong in religion? Because we in the United States, we always talk about, you know, whether one is Catholic, whether one is Christian, whether one is Muslim. And this show is not only for just believers, but it's also for non-believers as well when we start talking about wrongdoing. Now, I want to go into some information, and it talks about that there are many types of religious values. Modern religions, such as we're talking about Islam, Judaism, Christianity, and certain other degrees, such as um, things they talk about, they define right from wrong by the laws and rules set forth by their respective goals and as interpreted by religious leaders within the perspective faith. I've had this conversation with some individuals when we start talking about that and regards to your faith, meaning and we know that there are some preachers that have stood in the pulpit and have just been wrong. Because my mother used to say, two left shoes. You know you're wrong for that. Or have said some things. And, I, you know, I'm a judge. I'm not here to blame. I'm not here to point the finger. All I'm here to do is put the platform out there in regards to how we can do better. Now, I'm looking at something, and it, it talks about, that there is an absolute right and wrong. Now, when we start talking about this absolute right or wrong, now I'm going to say from Jeanette's perspective, you know you're wrong you're purposely hurting somebody else and you're doing it in malice and you know you're doing it. Then, no matter what, you know that was wrong. Now, if you did something that was wrong and it wasn't your intention to hurt someone, individuals got hurt, sometimes you can just apologize you can own what you did. You can try to do better. But a lot of times that may not be the case. Now, when we start talking about these right and wrongs and, and sorting right from wrongs, and we start talking about ethical standards and what's in the Constitution and what, what did we learn from what we just witnessed when it came to the impeachment of Donald Trump? What did you learn? What did you gather? I'm watching and I'm listening to some individuals and friends that I know. They're going back and forth and, you know, individuals are being disrespectful. What did you learn? How did this impact you? What would you do differently? Now, I used to always say, I am not a politician. I can't be a politician. First of all, because I am going to do the right thing no matter what. I'm a business owner. I'm a therapist. And I do my best to do no harm to individuals. You're trying to manipulate. I'm not trying to scam. I'm not trying to, to what they say, be rich. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I don't need to do all of that because I, I am going to be held accountable for what I do and what I say 
And if I am hurting somebody else, that's going to fall on me. Now, we are more than halfway almost into the show. And I want to share some things, even if somebody call in that are in ministry or Bible scholar, pay, I can read, I'm doing myself. I want to go into information in regards to, I indicated there are several Bible verses that talks about wrongdoing. And at first, and I talked about 1 John 5, 17, and it really all wrongdoing is sin. But there is sin that don't come to death. Now, I'm not going to go and, and cut and paste and say, well, you could do this or you could do that, because I don't want to give individuals permission to think that they can do wrong. But if you know you're doing wrong, I'm not saying that everybody just go die. It's like, like what that old saying, I remember being a kid, who stole the cookie out the cookie jar, number one, who me, yes, you, cookie, then who, and individuals, they knew who stole, they, the person that ate them cookies know who stole the cookie jar. But when we talk about these things, it doesn't always mean that it's going to lead to death. And I remember I tried that with my daughter one time. I asked her about some pink lotion, and she my, I, she blamed it on my knees. My niece blamed it on her. And I told my daughter, if you don't tell the truth, you will die. And if you don't, I did all that. My daughter told me a story. And when I asked her, why did you say, why did she say, because I knew I wasn't going to die. And it challenged me, and it, it it also taught me, be careful what you tell kids. Because if you put that fear in them and it's not true, you could also be doing them a disservice. Now, I also want to go into Romans 13, 14, for he is God's servant. You're good, but if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an adventure who out God's wrath of wrongdoers. We was watching, or many of us watched Mitch McConaughey voted to not impeach, but then stood there as if he was holding him accountable. Why didn't you just do the right thing? Was it fear? Was it intimidation? Your wife had already basically turned in her letter of termination before the end of her assignment. So we knew there's some stuff going down. But by that same token, are you going to just watch it? Are you going to, what can you do? People, most people did their part. And I'm not saying, like I said, I had a pastor, Pastor Hammond. He used to say, I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in because I don't. But by that same token, if you know you're doing something, you don't have no business, it's going to be a problem. Now, I want to read Revelations chapter 1, verse 3. And the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the thing that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angels to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the word of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear keep it written in for the time is near. Meaning, we got to stop a lot of this mess. We got to stop hurting other individuals. And also, in John 1 through 19, if we confess our sins, he faithful. And just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all forms of unrighteousness. Now, I did a show a few weeks ago about righteousness, our righteousness, and you know, and the one thing I always remember is the righteousness of forsaken nor see biggest bread. And we quote scriptures, we stand on scriptures in regards to no weapons formed against me shall prosper. We talk about a lot of these things, but how do we, or how is it that individuals know that they're doing wrong? When are I'm not always saying that everybody's gonna be perfect, everybody's gonna do the right thing. I know that. But we do need to do better with holding and making sure people are being held accountable, even though in Hebrews 10.30, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and the Lord will judge his people. That is why I say, even when I'm doing what I do as a therapist, I know 
will be held accountable. I know there's certain things I cannot do. I'm going over some of these scriptures. I'm getting text messages from clients, people like appointments, individuals are struggling with COVID. It's just so much going on. Sorry, ma'am, Friday, COVID shot day. You know, but the thing is, like I said, when we start talking about these things, and if you're struggling with something, I tell them that before you do the wrong thing, take a break. Step back. Don't make a decision if you're not ready to make that decision. If you think and if you go do something and you know it's not the right thing to do, you don't have to do it right now. I also want to go and read um, in regards to 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. That scripture is huge because I'm watching now the breakdown and they're showing things that happen at the Capitol. And a lot of individuals are talking about this cult-like mentality and how are people why would you march go down the street no no I'm not doing all of that so with individuals when we start talking about for many false prophets have gone out into the world some of these individuals got names some of these individuals we know who they are we still choose to believe and follow them have your best interest at heart? What have he done for you lately? Or uh, what did he did he do what he said he was gonna do? Like I said, I got people that told me they would go call in. Didn't even do that. So why would I sit there and think they're gonna do something differently? Now, James two, fourteen through seventeen, what good is it, my brother, if someone says he has faith but does not have work? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you say to him, go in peace, be warned, and filled without giving them things needed for their body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself does not have the is dead. A lot of times, individuals may have good intentions. Doesn't mean that they did the wrong. Sometimes when we start talking about, um, I want to go into Romans 14, 1 through 23, and it says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls and that he will be upheld. For the Lord is able to make him stand one person's one day as better than another, while another steams all day alike. Each one should be convinced of his own mind. Meaning, we should do things when we start talking. We have free will. We do have free will. But I'm going to do, and like I said, about the wrongdoing, because even though we have free free will, if you know you're doing something, you ain't got no business. I'm looking at now the immigration reform bill. Was it right to take those kids away and put them in these cages and separate them from their parents? And now people don't even know where their kids are. The kids don't know where their parents are. You know, Really? Now, Romans 13, 1 through 5, let every person be subject to government authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the God, has appointed, and those who resist mature judgment. For the rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. And for he is God, servant for your good, 
But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword of vain for his servant of God, and adventure who carries out God's wrath on wrongdoers. So a lot of times I think I would love for someone to call in. Many times, often people get these scriptures confused. And that's why, like I said, even as I'm reading them word for word, a lot of times the interpretation, even in First John 3-4, everyone who makes practice of sinning also practice lawlessness, sin is lawlessness, meaning as if one may not care about the law. One may, it's like, what did you get out of this? Now, I, I can't say what the um, previous president thought. I mean, I, we know what he, he put it out there. But by that same token, it didn't happen. Now, we're looking at the aftermath of it. And with this aftermath, it's like individuals are still caught between a rock and a hard spot. We have individuals still waiting on their, their stimulus check. We got individuals still are out of work. We got individuals that are still dealing with COVID. We got people whose family or family members have passed and they can't even host a decent burial for months. We still got people dying that don't even have insurance to even pay for a funeral. You know, if anything, it should have made individuals think, well, you know what? Let me try to get insurance. Let me try to, people are not even doing that. And I'm not getting but I'm going to tell you, globe life, physician life, colonial life, there are problems out there. Let's do better, people. Let's do better. Now, I want to go into even talking about talking about this, and I'm looking at things as we're talking because I really wasn't prepared for this because I wanted to go to a, a dialogue and a conversation so that we can end the silence against wrongdoing, which was kind of the the thought and the premise of the show, and talking about this. And because we start talking about ending the silence, meaning we can't just stand back and watch a lot of stuff that we're seeing going on. And I'm not saying that people that are looting and tearing things up, that that's not a way to really to get things done. But we're talking about why our silence against women is wrong. And there was an article article that was written, and the date was even as far back as 2016. And they were basically preferring to keeping our mouth shut can be good for some reasons, but shutting our mouths and denying us from speaking against what is wrong is wrong in itself. We are called by God to speak against injustice and oppression and choosing to be silent when we talk against it, it's just plain wrong. And a lot of times, you know, we've seen in February still, Black History Month, we've seen a lot of individuals involved in the civil rights movement be killed, murdered, slaughtered at a very young age. We get that. Um, we see a lot of things that have happened in the South that still pretty much exist. But silence against wrongdoing means supporting it. There's a saying that goes, silence means Now, I want to know your thought on that. Do silence really mean yes for you? Or do silence mean I want something happened to my children? I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to be blackballed. I don't want, at what point do you want to get to the point to where, no, I just can't be silenced on this and not viewed as snitching. In the case of being silent and preferring not to speak up against wrongdoing, actually means being not in position to it or not being against it. In short, if we don't speak up against wrongdoing, it means we are tolerating it and, in essence, supporting it. And that's a lot of individuals, they're dealing with this. They're feeling uneasy about a lot of this stuff. Now, God, of course, doesn't want us doesn't want that. And he said in Leviticus 5, 1, that if you are called to testify about something you have seen or that you know about, it is sinful to refuse to testify. You'll be punished for your sins. And people know that even me as a therapist, when people call me or they say, I want to subpoena my medical records, I'm like, well, you know what? It may be some things you want me to talk about. So you might want to be mindful of that. I am very honest 
the therapist and sometimes tell people way too much than what they should know. Now, if we hold all those who should have spoken the truth against Roe accountable for not saying what they should have, that's because a lot of times I would want to know, well, why didn't you say anything? I like that show, What Would You Do? And I don't know if anybody, any, any of you are listening or watching it. It's on ABC. And I like the premise of the show because everyday scenarios, they know is wrong. They want to see what would most people do. And I want to say that the shows that I've seen, I don't know if they capture all of them, but a lot of times individuals are doing the right thing to the best of their ability, to those within their means, to the point to where they will say something and try to, to fight fire with fire or try to be disrespectful or, you know, try to hurt the person is doing it. It, it. it depends. But I like that show. And it, it's really worth watching. Now, God is looking for God is not out there looking for someone to stop or punish. He is good and just that he wants all of us to carry his name and him holy, righteous, and just. And if you go to 1 Peter 1 through 16 and 2 Corinthians 5 to 20, and even Proverbs 11 1, and go to chapter um, 20, verse 23, or Verse 31a, God is out there looking for people he could use to speak up against wickedness. Chronicles 16.9 tell us, for the eyes of the Lord run to the foe throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And, you know, and a lot of times there's individuals that don't have the ability to speak up for themselves that may not know that they're being manipulated or taken advantage of. You know, I, I want to share yesterday, I got an interesting phone call from a person, and they were upset about trying to get help. Now, I tell them as a therapist, there's a lot of ways that people can get help. People are dealing with depression, individuals are dealing with mental health issues, relational issues. Marriage counseling is something that is not covered by most insurance. It's a relational issue. Individuals are having a lot of relational issues, whether it's communication, whether they're dealing with allegations of domestic violence, whether they're dealing with um, an extra, um, dealing with detachment issues, whether they're not communicating to other family members. There's a lot of things going on. Now, many individuals are so frustrated. So what happened? I had a person call me, little frustrated, because I told him my practice was full. The woman told me, well, I'm going to kill myself, and hung up the phone in my face. But she called the wrong therapist because, Jeanette, I get bored. If I ain't got nothing to do, I'll call you back. I sent her a text message, and I told her, well, maybe I might just need to notify the police department and do a health and safety check because if you're feeling this way, that's not the answer. And I wasn't upset with the fact that she got her bone in my face, it was I understood her pain and frustration. And I said, if you would have hung up, I probably could have given you some resources. And if I had installations, I probably would have seen the woman. But a lot of times when we start talking about right from wrong, and this lady and I was going into a conversation in regards to a dialogue by text for a while, because she realized that I did care. Because her thing is, don't nobody care about me. I pay $1,500 a month for medical insurance, and I can't get a therapist to take, my, to take me on as a client. And She was frustrated. But there's other things and other avenues out there. You got better.com. You got um, tele, it's, it's another one, talktherapy.com. You call 211. There's organizations that will help. Now, I would have been wrong if I would have said nothing. And, I mean, I don't even know the lady's name. But just to know that suicide is real, that these things happen. And like I told the woman, I will be celebrating the anniversary of my mother's death this month, which is actually tomorrow was when she passed. And to hear 
person cry for help and wanting help, she saw that I took the time to do the best that I could. And I would have been wrong if I would have done nothing, and this woman may probably would have taken her life. So that's what I mean when I say that when when your conscience kick in, when you know right from wrong. Now, our Victoria shout, and it talks about Christ's recreate, uh, recorrection, brought us to believe him the victory that allows us to speak up for what is right. And in Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, turning over them, because we know what sin does to us. We must never keep silent in the fight for righteousness. Because we know that Christ has already won the battle, and we must never back down for fear that we might be hated by men and attacked by the enemy. Because Christ has saved us from sin and eternally secured us, we are assured that we can fight the good fight of faith till the end. Now, when I read that and went over that, that's interesting because I was looking at some information on LinkedIn, and on LinkedIn they were doing, or some individuals were talking about individuals that have paid, they've done things, and I was looking at someone's post, and they was posting about an attorney, and she was in law. She was an attorney. She had even represented, um, oh God, Muhammad Ali. She said that she was found dead at a very, very young age. And when I saw that, I was like, wow. And I know even myself, I have a very strong interest in law, always have. I tell individuals, I didn't say that I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to be an attorney. And when I was looking at this, I'm trying to find the article. I thought I had screenshot it, but I guess I didn't. So I'm trying to go through my LinkedIn post, LinkedIn um, feed to find it. It was interesting how this woman was murdered in her 30s, and yet they never arrested the person that did it. And I was like, you know, and this happened in 19, I think it was 1965 when the lady was was murdered. And it's sad because some people, you can't do anything nowadays and individuals don't see what happened or know about what happened. And it was sad because I'm like, now here this woman is doing her job. Because she's doing her job, individuals are upset and decided to kill this woman. I am really trying to find that article, and I wish I would have saved it, and I did not. And it's sad because that's where we have to get to the point that, you know what, that was just wrong. Okay, it was this woman who put it out there, so I got to find more of her stuff. She had even posted the one on um, Eartha Kitt. You know, and she's talking about conceived by rape, born on a cotton plantation, never certain who her father was, abandoned by her mother, abused as a child because she was a yaller, and was forced to live in crawl spaces under the house with cats. That's wrong. That's wrong on so many levels. She wrote to become an international beloved singer, dancer, actor, and um then she was an anti-war activist and member of the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom who gained the wrath of President Johnson and was harassed for years by the FBI, a vocal advocate for LGBT rights. And she indicated, asked about her following from fraternities and the gay community. She said, we all were rejected. We all know what is what it is to be refused. We all know what it is to be oppressed, depressed, and then accused. I am very much cognizant or cognitive of my of that feeling. Nothing in the world is more painful than rejection. 
while, and that was Eartha Kitt. And I read this young lady's post because she's been doing a lot of posting just to make sure that individuals that people may have forgotten about, that the things and what they did to stop wrongdoing, to basically be a voice for those themselves are still being heard. So I didn't even know that about Eartha Kid. When I Eartha Kid, I think about the movie when she was talking about Marcus. <laughs> so that just lets you know. Don't don't underestimate individuals. And again, we got a few more minutes left on the show. If you want to call in, give me a call, 516-387-1914. I'm really just babbling right about now, but I do want to hear your thoughts as it relates to wrongdoing. So I see that people are on Facebook Live. I didn't want to start calling individuals because my daughter said I got a bad habit of just putting people on the show when they don't want to be on the show. But I'm really trying to find this young lady's article that she had posted about the attorney because I thought it was very, very helpful in regards to Black History Month and the things that she did to try to make sure that people were being treated fairly and, you know, trying to stop wrongdoing. And at the time, people were being intimidated and killed and slaughtered and defamed and everything else. But sometimes, like I said, when you live by a higher standard or you have a calling on your life, I remember hearing T.D. Jake say one time, you are a threat. When you have and when you can make an impact, you can empower, or when you have an income, some individuals are intimidated by that. And it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong, and you deserve where you are, and should be able to um, enjoy your accolades and things that you've done. But a lot of individuals don't like that. Now I'm looking at go into, and I'm still scrolling down, trying to figure out and find this was, but I can't, so I'm going to leave it alone. So, again, I'm going to my Facebook messages to see any comments. And so nobody, oh, nobody was, oh, somebody talking about something else. Okay. <laughs> that was for yesterday, though. Okay. And I'm trying to do See, was there any comments that individual had as we're talking about wrongdoing? Because, like I said, when we start talking about these topics, some individuals have, okay, well, let's share and let's talk. And then that is okay. So, like I said, silence is the answer when we know or when people are doing the wrong thing. And if they're doing the wrong thing and they feel that it's the right reason, for the right reason. Like I said, let's talk about it. I want to know what brought you to that decision. I used to always say that I was a bully who bullied bullies. It wasn't that I was trying to bully individuals. I just didn't like to see other people getting taken advantage of or getting beat up. My butt would get into fights that wasn't even my fight. So I started at a very, very young age. And my mother used to tell me, Jeanette, mind your own business. Jeanette, stay out of other people's business. But if I that something was wrong, or if I saw that individual was doing something and trying to hurt someone else, and if they did not deserve to do it like that, even as a kid, I was one that would always try to step in. So how do you, or how, that's a good question, how can one right their wrong? A lot of times, individuals will say, you know, the time when I did that, I did not realize that I was actually hurting someone. Or at that time, I I, I see where what I did was the right thing to do. But you first have to recognize it. And to correct something bad or wrong that someone has done, or they want to revenge, the wrong, the wrong that have been done to them, one of the things is, like I said, you got to first acknowledge it. You, you really do. And a lot of times individuals 
have a hard time acknowledging their behavior. So you have to acknowledge it and apologize. Apologize for your actions in a straightforward and honest way. And explain to the person that you recognize that it was wrong and that you're sorry for your behavior. And also allow the person to ask you questions. You may not want to answer the question. You may even want to just let it go. You know, and a lot of times people say, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And part of I'm saying I'm sorry was for a person to just leave you alone. So easy. Now, and individuals may not always get the response that they want to hear. But give them the opportunity to ask why or say something about being hurt. Now, does that mean that it's just going to go away? Not really. But at least you owned up to it. Now, I used to hear, even as a kid, my mother would say, two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> now, when we're talking about that, two wrongs don't make a right, that means just because did something wrong and you go and do something wrong, that don't make it right. It really don't. And that kind of goes into the hurt people hurting people. Because a lot of times we have heard that be said. We've seen that happen. And, you know, sometimes individuals can go out and be a vigilante and try to to rectify or justify what somebody has done, and especially when we see individuals with kids and hurt or, you know, older people. Like I said, I got a passion for, and I got to admit mine, I got a passion. I don't like to see women hurt. I don't like to see children hurt, and I don't like to see senior citizens hurt. I just don't. If you don't do that in front of me, you don't want to do that in front of me. <laughs> My old constant comes out, but I, I learned how to fight differently. So I had to learn that sometimes people just don't know no better. But even, like I said, even when I see children that are being disrespectful to their parents, even in a therapeutic setting, I'm like, mm-mm, you know, no, we can't, we, can't, we can't do that. Now, and sometimes individuals, and I'm looking at something about, about some individuals, I'm right and you're wrong about everything. And it doesn't mean that everybody or a person is always trying to be right all the time. Because that's not what this is even about. And sometimes individuals like to pick out what somebody did that was wrong or what was right. Or, so no matter what, a lot of this stuff still going back to childhood issues. Still. You know, we grow up, but we don't mature. And a lot of times that immaturity can become a problem and individuals What's in you is going to come out some kind of way. Now, I'm looking at some information, and I like this article that was in Psychology Today, and it talks about, again, I'm right, you're wrong about everything, and individuals fall into this. Some of the things that they talk about is you want to reverse, if it becomes a pattern, blame it on a pattern, recognize that the escalation may be neither your fault nor that it's theirs. It's a product of a pattern. To name it is to tame it. Again, acknowledging it, a breather, but with a commitment to return, meaning you want to talk to the person about it. Then just listen for a while and listen to what the person has to say and watch for signs that you're dealing with someone who loves to deal with a battle because sometimes individuals just like and when they don't care what you think, stop caring what's about you. That is huge. Because a lot of times, and if you don't care, and, and you just don't know, we, we're not going to go there. But you, you don't even have to respond that way. You do want to try to hear them out. And it was like I heard something being said last night, even when we're listening, when a person is trying to explain or justify why they're doing what they're doing. And one of the things that the man I was listening to lately said that we need to listen to acknowledge, not listen to understand. So often we're still trying to understand why a person has wronged us, why a person did what they did. We may never understand. So we have to go through that 
But I want to say from a therapeutic perspective, may never understand why they did what they did, but I want to challenge you to work on what the impact is on your life and make sure that you don't inflict hurt onto someone else because of something that went wrong to you, whether it is being oppressed, whether it is being abused, whether it is being talked down to, don't repeat the cycle. So once you acknowledge that it was wrong, make sure you do something about how it is impacting your life because that person may never get no help that is out there doing wrong. But they will be held accountable for what they've done. We don't get away with nothing. So I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicament. Until next week, remember, you got this. Bye-bye.